This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Willem van Denderen very shortly. But with the A-League finals ahead and the European football reaching its climax, we've got a very special show ahead with an Australian legend of the newly promoted Sheffield United, Doug Hodgson, joining us throughout the show to help dissect not only the domestic playoffs, but the nail-biting Premier League battle, the Champions League, and also the outstanding promotion story of the Blades returning to the top flight for the first time since 2007, as well, of course, as his own truly incredible football story. If you don't know the backstory of Doug Hodgson ahead of uh, uh, this program, you will by the end of it and you'll be fascinated, that's for sure. So off the top, after Willem, we're going to have a good old yarn to Doug about his football career and the promotion of the Blades. Then Adelaide United, they're playing Melbourne City on Saturday night. Vince Lear ahead of that knockout semi-final. Of course, with the finals coming up, we've already mentioned it, our very own Notts County man and 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League himself, Dino, will preview both games in detail with both Michael and Doug and me as well. In the second hour, as we always do, we'll kick off with second edition news and the latest on Socceroos and Matilda Central. We'll talk to Matilda legend Joey Peters about the upcoming World Cup selection not too far away. The World Cup kicking off on the 7th of June and then what a week it's been in Europe. Another nail-biting series of games in the Champions League. So Dino, Doug and Edge and I will go through all the action and predictions and we're going to wrap it up with stoppage time. Edge, can we fit it all in? Wow, what a show. Doug Hodgson, my favourite burger on the show. I tell you what, he was a warrior. Can't wait to uh, to uh, reminisce with Dougie about uh, his remarkable career and his post-career challenges, which have been significant, but he faces those just as the way he used to play the game, full on and head first. <clears throat> what a crazy A-League round, Rob, last mm. week. The in- incredible number of goals in the Brisbane game. Uh, we saw some incredible goals. What's Warren uh, Melbourne Josh doing? City. I mean, seriously, then, I just um, cannot believe. I think, you know, shooting yourself in the foot like that um, is irresponsible. You know, they, they, they should be playing a Melbourne derby in front of their home crowd and giving themselves a red-hot chance instead of having to travel to Adelaide. It's outrageous. They had everything in their own hands. Well, it didn't work out that way, did it? And Wellington Phoenix, um, absolutely steamrolled by Perth. So, mm. incredible... Um, Last round, everyone was uh, talking about how boring the, the last few rounds in the A-League was, but uh, the last round wasn't boring, that's for sure. But Willem's got some news, and there's lots of it. G'day, Michael. Rob, chairman of the Australian Professional Football Clubs Association, Greg Griffin, has stated Asian players are too expensive for A-League clubs. A 4-plus-1 foreigner system with one slot designated for an Asian player has long been mooted for the A-League, although clubs have historically rallied against it. With the average player wage in China currently 2.1 million Australian, Griffin believes there is far more value in European or South American recruitment, which has been the traditional A-League norm. Speaking at the World Football Summit, Griffin made it clear his association would not back the 4-plus-1 system in the future. What's your opinion? Uh, My opinion, I'd like to see it kept. uh, I wouldn't like to see a 4-plus-1 in. I think um, outside, if we could get all five foreigners outside the cap, I think then it might be positive. But I think A-League historically has been littered with poor uh, foreign recruitment. Only in the last two to three seasons have we seen some improvement, so let's bed that down and then maybe bring in some parameters. Greg Griffin, he's a highly controversial figure outside of the cabal, which is the A-League club owners. Um, he's, I mean, really, it is the impact of Honda in terms of the profile of the A-League back in Asia. As you mm. know, Rob, I mm. spent a lot of time in Asia. I yeah. work in Thailand regularly. Um, 
A-League hit the radar in, in a lot of these Asian countries because of Honda. Mm. If every club had a significant player of Asian uh, nationality in their team, whether that was like a, a Shinji Ono at Western Sydney early days, it makes a massive impact on the profile mm. and reach of the sport. Greg Griffin, who was chairman of Adelaide United and oversaw a, a, a club that was pedestrian most of the time and, and spiked for a, a championship at, 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 one, at one of those times. But he's, he's also, you know... He, he needs to probably um, let go his role of the, the chairman of the professional clubs because he's a divisive character. He's not that well liked. And, you know, that sort of statement is crazy. We need Asian influence in our A-League game to grow the broadcast reach of the sport and make it viable. Alan Stadich's roller coaster 2019 has continued, having been announced as the permanent manager of the Central Coast Mariners. In a move flagged by Ray Gatt on this program last week, the Mariners have secured Stadjic on a three-year deal, tying him to the club until midway through 2022. Stadjic managed two wins from his six games as interim boss, and this appointment marks his remarkable rebound from his sacking as Matilda's boss. Yeah, I'll be interested when we talk to Joey to get her take on on how the changes have bettered down, because you know it's obviously no longer the big story that it was. Things have moved on. It's anti side now, so uh, uh, Alan will be watching with interest. Now, if I was SBS or uh, one of the Australian organisations covering the World Cup, I would be getting you involved to, to comment, just for pure entertainment as you shake your head. It would be fantastic entertainment value, I think. That's my personal opinion. Obviously not yours. <laughs> In further A-League coaching news, Ufuk Talley looks set to replace Mark Rudan as manager of the Wellington Phoenix next season. Talley, an inaugural squad member at both Sydney FC and North Queensland Fury, is currently second in charge at the Sky Blues under Steve Corica. Rudan himself has endorsed Talley, and I think it's important... Uh, that uh, there is some sort of succession. He can implement his ideas sort of gently into Rudan's framework rather than tearing up the whole change room. Well, Talley's background, uh, you know, what's your judgment on his qualifications to, to take this role from a bloke who's really turned that club around? Well, he's been uh, boss at Steve Corica, under Steve Corica and Graham Arnold before that, so he would have seen how that sort of transition would work. I've, yeah, I think it's a, a good appointment. I think he's well credentialed. He's done his time in the uh, assistant coaching ranks in a very successful club. I expect him to, to do well. It's a bit of an interesting project, that one with Wellington. I thought our interview with Jason Pine last week was mm. interesting on the basis that there is no um, certainty around their tenure mm. until this independent A-League uh, stuff sorted out. The young Matildas have progressed to the under-19 Asian Women's Championships, putting a combined 18 goals past Nepal, Myanmar and Uzbekistan. Nepal copped the, copped the brunt of the barrage going down 11-1. The young Matildas will now head to Thailand in October, where a top three finish will see them qualify for the 2020 Under-20 Women's World Cup. Matildas forward uh, World Cup hopeful Mary Fowler led the way with seven goals across the campaign, while Gary Van Egmont named uncapped Carly Roestbarken as a potential World Cup bolter for the Matildas. Yeah, it's, that's that left-back position that uh, we will talk to Joey Peters in a little while about. Uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, I watched all of those games, and uh, they were they were pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, the... Myanmar and uh, Uzbekistan games were quite competitive. They're not such bad teams. Myanmar's done quite well in women's underage uh, Asian football. So um, over there in Mandalay, what a great name of a city, Mandalay, yeah, in uh, in Myanmar, and uh, 38 degrees, 37 degrees. So the girls did exceptionally well. They had a great time. Some really good social media stuff from in the bus and all that sort of stuff. They obviously got a great spirit. And Mary Fowler, um, she'll give us she's some chance, I'd imagine, to go to the World Cup, but. Uh, time will tell, and we'll know in about a week's time whether she'll uh, she'll get that opportunity at the age of 16. The A-League's 12th team is starting to take shape, with Archie Fraser named as MacArthur Southwest's chief executive. 
Fraser, a former head of the A-League, has recently been working with the Association of Australian Football Clubs looking to build a second division in the country. Fraser has been a vocal critic of the FFA in recent years and has stated his views and values towards the growth of the game will not change despite now leading a franchise. Ante Milicic has barely settled in as Matilda's boss but he's also being touted as the side's inaugural coach with their first match slated for October 2020. Interesting development that one, considering that Archie was leading the charge on the second but what division. What do they say, Edge? You would rather him inside the tent than being outside out. the tent? Yes, than outside uh, the tent. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's been said to me a couple of times. Mm. Really interesting career, Archie Fraser. CEO St Kilda Footy mm. Club. Mm. Um, obviously, he went and ran the A-League for a while. He had an interesting football career in his own right back in Scotland. He even worked for Clive Palmer, believe it or not, on some stage. Don't know if he likes yeah, to I think he might remember that. that from his CV. You might want to take that out. That wasn't the, the most uh, glorious time in Archie's career. Um, but obviously, um, very experienced football person. I imagine he'll do quite well in that role. But um, when Dean's um, back on the program in ALAG, we might just ask Dean about whether there is some disgruntled sort of noses out of joint at the AAFC about uh, Archie sort of... Uh, Leaving, uh, leaving the uh, the ship when they were on the verge of um, potentially naming him as the person to run the second division. Mm. Okay, well, well, we'll be interested in Dean's opinion on that, but there's always someone else out there. Willem, well done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good job, Willem. Really looking forward to our next guest, Dougie Hodgson. He's in the studio. We are pumped to be talking to him because he's a legend of the Blades and uh, super excited that they're back in the Premier League uh, for the first time in about 12 years. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's a years, massive, yeah. massive story. So stick around because that's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Leitrim with intent and it's there. And North End can't defend those near post corners. And Doug Hodgson has put the ball in the net for all the athletic. Doug Hodgson does it for United. The Australian central defender strikes the jackpot. He might have been a defender, but he could score goals too. Our next guest, Dougie Hodgson. What a story. A Frankston boy. He played for Heidelberg. Michael's team. Michael absolutely loved him. He went over to the West. He played for Western Australia against Sheffield United, I should say, after they'd just been relegated. Uh, they loved his style. They took him he on tour him around the Australia. He kicked him and off he the park. And he got a Guernsey. And he went back and, uh, and, and had a, a magnificent career, which has got a, an incredible story to it. Uh, hey, Doug, welcome uh, to the studio, mate. Welcome to Box to Box. Evening, boys. Good to see you. Rob. And Dino that's and, Edge. and and so look, Edge and Dino are, are very close mates of yours, so I, I, I acknowledge that. But um, obviously, uh, I've done a, a fair bit of uh, homework ahead of tonight. I, I knew of you, Doug, and I knew your story. But uh, the, the the deeper you dig, um, I, I mentioned legend off the top of the show, and and that's just not me saying it. That, that was from a, a BBC Sheffield uh, a w- reporter who who did a feature interview on you last time you were over there, and uh, and referred to you that way. So even though uh, you know, your career was not a long one with the Blades. Um, it was one that really, uh, you know, touched the, the locals. Really I suppose Rob, the way of putting it, is, um, it's funny hearing that first one, going back to that um, bit of music coming in, because that was the first goal, not the, the um, Preston North End one, but the other one was mm. against Bradford. Mm-hmm. And that was the first goal of uh, my career, which was past Schwarzer. Yes. At Bradford, the day that Bradford opened up their grounds after it was burnt down. So... When I see sports every now and then, um, that's a little bit of a rubs in the face. (laughs) Well, it's interesting, Rob, because a lot of people remember in Australia remember Doug Hodgson running around for the Yellow Black at Heidelberg, and and they um, it was sort of just 
on the emergence of pay TV. So when Doug went to Sheffield, um, there wasn't a lot of footage of Doug Payne sort of coming back to Australia mm, on a regular yeah. basis. But those people who were in Doug's circle, we knew the impact he was having in England was massive. Um, and um, he, he just he obviously just played the way he played in Australia, which was full full steam ahead, uh, mm. aggressive, and um, and he was well suited to the English uh, Championship at that stage. And he had a remarkable, successful career. So a lot of Australians who watched Doug in the NSL. Um, probably are not aware of the significance of his career in England, and it was it was big. And not only that, uh, Rob, he married the prettiest girl in Sheffield. He sure did. And just to recap, a, a Wednesday girl, by the way. Uh, so so Doug, despite the fact that he had the great career, and you probably listening thinking well how come he was never capped for the Socceroos the unfortunate side for Doug was uh, was obviously that uh, that he was with Sheffield he he, um, he he moved to Oldham Athletic um, he went to, um, with his gaffer to, to Northampton and uh, and when he was at Northampton after just eight appearances he went over to, to Northampton as captain um, when he was heading a ball had a, had a really catastrophic injury that ended his career so so Doug if you could just briefly talk to us about what happened in in that particular incident that uh, um, you you know, that's uh, still with you to this day. Tad, this Rob, the thing with that uh, with Sheffield United, I suppose, that touches me. So it's where I started my career. Mm. It's also where I finished. Yes. So that's where probably Sheffield First United. First Australian coach in the professional leagues. Over there, so his reserve team manager at Sheffield United. You know, Jaggy Alka, Everton's captain. Um, and I had him for a year and a half under my belt, um, going through. So that for the career-wise, that's why Sheffield holds a very, very strong part of my life. Um, going back to the injury side of things, obviously probably the darkest side of my life. Um, very uh, the disappointing, I suppose, you could really say about the neck injury that finished my career. I went over late, as we spoke about earlier, and um, at 29, as you know, as a centre-half, you, you actually, you know, Tony Adams, played against Tony Adams at Highbury. You know, we drew one all second game after and then we beat them 1-0 in the return leg and then play against Villa in the fifth round of the FA Cup and there was York and Milosevic there was South, um, Southgate Bosnich was in two goals so for me it was it was heartbroken to end my career the way it did because I didn't get the chance to what I'd learnt and I put my hand up and I went over I was raw there's no problems about that but as a centre half at 30 years old you're coming to your prime of your career and you're going to touch it again. I, I played against Janola, Ian Wright, um, Milosevic, to say that some, a few of rub shoulders were some of the best. It would have been interesting to see if I could have done it week in, week out. Because whenever I played against the Premier League's heed back then, I actually set up to the plate and done quite well. The Australian one, always been very... Um, touched and heartbroken. I never got to represent my country. That would have been... Not saying I was good enough to... But the opportunity would have been fantastic. I was the highest-ranked centre-half in the world, playing at Sheffield United. I'd played 14 games straight in the first team. I just won Player of the Month, and we have a camp in London, and we have a camp in Scotland, and I don't get invited to the camp. So that's a disappointing part of my career that I'll take with me to the grave, I suppose, and disappointed because I think every player as a professional would want to represent the country, and if you don't, you'll have a good look at yourself in the mirror.
Mm. Yeah, to look, well, obviously, um, we believe and many believe that you deserve to. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Australian football legend Sheffield Blades man. Very excited Sheffield Blades man, Doug Hodgson. Dino, uh, mate, look, you've probably got a thousand things. Oh, there's, there's too many stories about Dougie. But what I would like to, you know, I, I want to take it back to really when he first started, you know, as a young lad. Um, my first uh, time I played against him, uh, he came on as a, a late sub uh, for Frankston Pines. Uh, Chris Taylor was playing beside me. He's obviously, you know, gone to be a very successful coach at the NPL level, and uh, he's just come on and he's just stuck his authority right onto me and to Chris from the very first minute. It's too long a story to tell, but it's a very funny one. Um, I but, can't remember it. But basically, <laughs> and, and I was on a radio show that he used to do uh, with uh, Blakey, and I told this story, and it is a really funny story, um, but. We'll, we'll save that for later. But the one thing of all the players I ever played against in a team that was one of the poorest teams that were going around at the time was Doveton. We beat them, I think it was eight in the end, but the man of the match was Dougie. He covered every blade. <laughs> he smashed every player, <laughs> won every ball. The only half chances they had, he had. And it was single-handed. And we were all talking, how could this kid? He just goes and goes and goes. And I knew from that day... You know, and then we obviously become friends like we all do in this football community. But I'm really pleased that he had a career. And, you know, a lot of people like myself, you know, I grew up in England at football clubs and didn't have a career in England. You know, my dad, obviously, as we know, had a great career as an international. So it's something I missed out on. And, you know, and part of me, you know, I'm not resentful, but I'm a bit jealous of, you know, people even going out there and playing one game in the football league at any level. So, you know, I think he's he's done a fabulous job, but most probably put all his football aside. He's just an unbelievably smashing man. So he's great to be around. He's very funny. And he's very loving and he looks after everybody. He's super loving. There's no doubt about that. But just before we go um, and talk more about Doug and uh, all the things that we've done and uh, observed him do, Doug, um, Sheffield United has such a big place in your heart for the reasons we've just talked about. So what does it mean to you that they're going to be back in the Premier League for the first time in 13 years? Uh, When they finally got enough points to secure their promotion, what was the overriding emotion for you? It was funny because uh, as we do, we talk about social media and um, there's a lot of closed social media in um, in United at Blades. You know, there's Wilder's Army, there's all different things and it's all locked in. And I'm obviously being an ex-player, an ex-pro as the club, I'm in there. So I'm listening and watching fans and listening to the thing. And I was laying there, I think it was last week, I was just having a bit of trouble, laying on my bed, ice on my back. And, um, and it was so physical. Of the supporters about, you know, it messed up. They, they had that opportunity to get that opportunity to get promotion. We're going to be in the playoffs. It's going to go this. It's going to go that. And it's all opinions. And I wrote a lot. I wrote a, I wrote a thing and I printed it on all of them. I said, players don't go out there deliberately to give the ball away. You know, they don't deliberately go and have a bad day at the office. It actually happens. Like she said, you hear managers and coaches talk about the 12th man the roar of the crowd, and I don't care what anyone says. You hear that crowd, you hear that roar, you're going to lift, you're going to drive. I said, how were you guys that day? I said, I'm not blaming you guys. I said, but just look at it from another opinion. Can you guys drive this side to promotion? Can you guys drive it to get them over the line? They're going to need it. And you know what? It was just summer, and I got some likes, I got some you know comments, and I commented and bits and pieces. It was only an opinion. And when it finally went... 
<laughs> the stuff that's came through on social media is just been unbelievable. Like you can see the Sky Sports one, I think, mm, that yeah, was on yeah. the project. And then they're talking about Sheffield Wednesday. There's been actually on United's pages mm-hmm. having a crack at him. Yep. And the project I only mentioned Wednesday. Well, yeah. United and Wednesday, as you know, don't get along. That's right. <laughs> now, 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 speaking of that crowd noise, we've got a little clip of uh, of uh, just a great moment in your life, mate. Yeah, here we go. Now, Doug, when you're a professional footballer and you hear the cop cheering your name, mate. You know what, you don't, and I'll say this openly, and I think if you speak to a lot of professionals, when you're playing in front of 20,000, 30,000 people, you actually don't hear the crowd. And I mean that sincerely. I know it's very hard to say, but you don't. You switch off, you're in your own zone, your concentration levels are there, you're making sure your opponent doesn't get a kick, You know, make sure he doesn't score his goals. And it was about six or seven balls came in at corners. And I've won every header. Back out again. Back out again. Back out again. I think it was on the 10th header. I got the throat. And this was playing. It was a cop going on about that. And it was my throat. And it was probably one of the first times I actually heard the crowd. And they were singing. And yeah, she choked up. But you know what? You're talking. I'm a very passionate man when it comes to sport. And that just made me rise even stronger and harder and wanted it even more. I used to look around before every game and I'd think about my mates back home, think about what I was doing, enjoying it, and I'd look around at the crowd and I'd go, bring it on, let's go to war, time to go to work. So that was the adrenaline, but to hear that, oh, fantastic, man. That's a, um, yeah, I won't cry on the show. But, um... <laughs> well, we'll see what Edge said there about um, about the passion for a club and, and, and it just uh, writes large the, the, the emotion that's involved in this I've game. I have not met a player that's played with Doug Hodgson who, who didn't walk taller knowing that the, he was uh, he was by their side. And that's the sort of guy he was. And every team he played, played in, um, he gave strength and courage to his teammates. Now, my dad had, uh, he coached in America, and um, when he went there, they signed Alan Woodward. So, obviously, Woody's one of the, and he still lives in Tulsa to this day. And I'd, I'd spent quite a lot of time with him, because uh, we were all in the same apartment block. And he talked about Sheffield United and the passion of the supporters, and he couldn't talk any higher of the respect that he had for the supporters. I mean, he obviously, he's a legend of that club. And I think it, it's not just touches the ones that have been there you know, like for a career and, and, and they're at the really highest of the game. I think what I noticed, I, I went to Sheffield United and it was when the renovations were happening. So it was a long time ago. It would have been sometimes late 90s, late 90s. And the noise was deafening in there. So I can imagine it, Dougie. It's, it's a buzz and a half to play in front of that. I think Highbury, Highbury took one. It was, um, it's a story, I suppose. And I'll make it a quickie. And there was the old Kilds. Basically in the crowd. Yeah. So I came on with um, Warnock, um, Warnock. There was Howard Kendall. He's turned around. He said, we're 1-0 down. He says, can you play up front? I said, Gaffer, put me on. I said, I'll get you a hat trick. <laughs> he said, strip yourself down. Get yourself ready. So I've stripped down. Dane Whitehouse. And tell me, let me say, you've got Ian Wright. you got Adams. Bold. Seaman. Merson. Um, Dixon. Burkamp. Dixon. All playing. You're talking internationals. Anyway, we've I've got up ready to warm. Just going on. Bang, we've gone in at one all. 
Dougie, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Dougie, stand up. I said, Gaffer, what do you want me to do? He says, let's lock shop. And I went, obviously, the last 20-odd minutes. And um, our mate Kilns, he's basically in the crowd afterwards. And I came up after the game and they turned around. Is someone here to see you? I'm going, I haven't done nothing in London wrong, have I? <laughs> I, said, I haven't been that bad. And that was our mate Gilner. Yeah, he was there, then there was in the crowd. I got him in the players' lounge with him and his um, his brother. And up they went watching the Arsenal supporters. We drew one all. That was at Ivory. And that was a ve- that was a stadium. That's a stadium to remember. Mm. That was a very good stadium to remember. And you, and you talk about some of these players. You know, I was fortunate enough to rub shoulders, I suppose, against and play against. Like I said, it would have been interesting to see if I could have done it week in, week mm. out. And at the end of my career at 29, had her in that ball at training. It was probably... Uh, I'll never forget it, November 23rd. Yeah, and uh, yeah, December 1 is also a very fateful day in your life as well, as we know, to uh, incidents, the big car accident, which we haven't referred to. We might talk about that in stoppage time when you were 15 years old, lucky to get out of it alive, yeah. and then the, the incident both happening on December 1. Yeah. Hey, Doug, um, we're going to have uh, a yarn to a current day player next um, from Adelaide uh, after the break. So you're going to stick with us and um, maybe you can throw a few at uh, Vince Lee. Then we're going to have a chat about the, the A-League finals and then the next hour we'll talk about Europe and we'll wrap up the show with a few uh, a few more Dougie stories and uh, maybe the boys can uh, take the lid off and uh, uh, tell some uh, secret tales <laughs> of the past. We can do that. Yes. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Dougie, sit there. There's a lot more to come on Box to Box. Box to Box. The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We've been uh, waiting for the A-League finals to come around for a while because the top six has been well and truly locked down for uh, some time and uh, we've got a couple of cracking games coming up this weekend. The second of them is uh, Adelaide United hosting Melbourne City and a man who will be right in the thick of it is Vince Lear. Welcome to the show, Vince. Thanks for having me on. So, Vince, uh, we've got a full house in here tonight. We've got uh, Michael and uh, and Dean, but also Dougie Hodgson uh, with us as well. I'll, I'll let Dougie take us off uh, the top and um, and and you know just see how um, he uh, he's got a um, his assessment of, of uh, your match this weekend. So we've got looking forward to how's the um, fitness available, availability, people. Is everyone ready to go? Yeah, I think it's probably the first time this year we've had a full complement, which is. Is good coming into finals. Um, Ryan Strain is back training, so he was the last of of the injured players. So yeah, today I think everybody trained. Um, so we'll have a full squad. Vince, um, Adelaide, you've, you've, the, the club generally has been criticised a little bit for not scoring enough goals. Yet last week you scored five. It sort of came out of the blue, didn't it? I mean, um, it was an open game last week, but it must have given the team a bit of confidence to know that uh, goals are easily able, able to be scored. Yeah, it was it was great timing. I think a, a little bit of a confidence booster for a lot of a lot of those guys up front. Um, Bubba Bubba Diawara came on and scored yeah. first goal after a long injury. Goody got on the score sheet again. So Georgie Blackwood got another one. So it's good for those boys to to get some goals in before the finals. Um, defensively, Just... we weren't great, but. Just, you know we can score goals. No, you can. Just tell us about Bubba because obviously he's a when he was signed to the club. It's a, um, obviously it's such a it's a big signing and uh, he he was to be a, a real prime mover and you've missed him for the whole season. So um, what's it been like having him sort of just go about his rehab and then all of a sudden he's available? At um, has it given the the squad a lift? Yeah, it has a little bit to be honest. He's um, he's been injured for probably the best part of 
two seasons. It's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you really feel, feel for the guy because he's, he's such a, a well-liked person around the club. He's really quiet, obviously struggles with, with his English still. So it's um, it was tough for him being out for so long. I know from the experience that when you're injured, it's, it's a horrible feeling, let alone uh, himself without his family and, and so far away from home. So when, when he went down earlier this year, I think everyone just kind of assumed and, and was... I guess resigned to the fact that we'd miss him for the rest of the season, um, but he, yeah, that's not the case, and, and he's fit now. And, and like I said earlier, he came on and scored last week, so it's a little bit of a, you know, get a, I guess a, a new signing for us. Um, Baba is he's a goal scorer. He's um, he's really strong and, and holds the ball up really well, and he's he's a favourite amongst the group. So it's you know it's good to have him back on on the field. Yeah, Vinny, it's Dean here. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, now, with regards to obviously being a home final as well, um, it's been great sometimes when Adelaide have been at home that the crowd has felt like there's a 12th man on the pitch. Has sales been good for the game for this week? Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure what, what ticket sales are at the moment. Um, they're expecting a, a pretty healthy crowd, similar to, I, I think, the victory game where we got twelve or 13,000. Uh, there is an Adelaide Crows game on at the same time or finishing around the same time as we kick off. So I don't know if that'll have an impact. But, yeah, you're right with the, with the crowd being being a 12th man for us. Uh, when it's full, it's, you know, it's the best stadium in the league for football by well, far, I think. Uh, I mean, you talked to Archie Thompson when you're listening to him on the on the television. He's saying that, you know, of all the grounds that he's travelled in the A-League when he was playing, that was the, the, the toughest one just because the crowd's right on top of you. And obviously they're very vocal. Yeah, it is. It's it's only hold sixteen or seventeen thousand, but when it's when it's full, it's it's really loud. The crowd are, are phenomenal, and they've got a fan a number of occasions this year actually. So it's um, it was a great achievement for us both to finish fourth and, and lock in that home final. This is box to box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to. Adelaide United's Vince Leo ahead of the elimination final against Melbourne City. And Melbourne City, does it still shock you the very fact that you're playing Melbourne City because uh, it looked like it was going to play your old club uh, that you played nearly 200 games for? And just just as Edge said at the top, what what a weird weekend it was that uh, you end up playing uh, City. It uh, it just must have stunned you all. Yeah, it definitely did. It was an incredible weekend of football to have a, I think it was a plus eight goal difference um, for, for Wellington over Melbourne City so we all yeah, assumed that, that Wellington were coming I was even messaging a few of the boys and <laughs> after the, the, <laughs> the two games it was it was um, yeah there was it's extraordinary it was so it's um, yeah I guess we it doesn't really matter who we play but um, yeah it took I guess 10 gold swings for us to, to get City I suppose Vince it's the tail end of the year the important part when it all matters mate uh, what's the feeling around the club and within the boys and within the unit at the present mate it's really good, actually. Um, I think since the news broke of, of the coach uh, not staying on next season, it's I guess just uh, I guess just Marco's been the driving force behind everyone staying focused and, and going out on a good note and hopefully winning some silverware. Uh, and our form has has really uh, gone up since that that announcement. Um, I think we're in a bit of a rough patch before that, but we're we're in good form now. I think we're four or five games unbeaten. Um, the mood's obviously really good uh, with the home final on Sunday, so we're looking forward to it and hopefully we can progress. 
Vince, what's your uh, own contractual situation? Uh, are you coming to the end of your contract, or have you still got time? No, I'm out of contract. That's You're out of contract, so it's obviously... Um, um, well, we won't uh, sort of pry into you know what's going on, but um, um, it means obviously it could it could be uh, uh, the last few games for you for Adelaide, maybe or maybe not. But uh, is that in the back of your mind? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think it's hard hard not to have it in the back of your mind. Tommy is always tough on on footballers, and um, yeah, I don't really know what's what's going to happen next season. I'm hopeful that I I'll be here, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I'm, hopefully this is not the last. Vince, you've been in the A-League a long time um, and had a fabulous career if it was to come to an end, which hopefully it's not, and you can go on a year or two more. But what's your thoughts of the current state of where the A-League's at compared to, let's say, say like even just turning the clock back three years? Yeah, I think I think it's thought a little bit. It's a little bit stagnant. Um, I think, the, to be honest, the, the active support around the clubs have have dwindled a lot. I think there's there's been some running with UFA over what they can and can't do, and it's it's seen the numbers drop off quite quite a lot. Um, and we and we feel that as as fans, and I'm sure uh, as players, sorry, and I'm sure that the the fans that do go to the games know that the atmosphere isn't as as good. Um, I think the addition of of a new team next year and then another one the will add some excitement to the league and hopefully some some big name signings um, because I think that's what uh, what attracts more fans and and creates interest around the, the league. So it's uh, the state of the game is not, I guess, in the the position that everyone hopes and wants it to be. But um, hopefully that that improves in the next few years. I suppose Vince, obviously, like Dino said, you've had a good career and a good run. Is um, in the back of the mind, it's not a good, I suppose, a good thought. Going in with no contract, is coaching in the back of your mind in the next direction of um, yourself and your career, or is that something you're thinking about? No, nah, to be honest, I'm, I'm not really interested in coaching. Um, <laughs> it's I, a dog's game. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's too fickle for me. I think being involved in football as a player and never really being able to be settled and, and having lived away from home for so long, it's, it's not really something I want to do once I finish playing. Um, you're, a, you're a country boy uh, from Shep, um, or, or for those who are not Victorian, Shepparton uh, in uh, uh, sort of the northeast of, of Victoria. Uh, it's um, it's a beautiful part of the world, um, but uh, you've obviously travelled around uh, Southeast Asia throughout y- your career. So um, hopefully, um, you know, there's a, a new Melbourne club, um, you know, in the offing uh, joining the, the competition next season. So if uh, Adelaide aren't smart enough to sign a 34-year young uh, footballer to a contract extension, there might be an opportunity back home. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, like I said, there's another team coming in who need to find 25, 26 players. It's not, um, I guess, off the table. It's not on the table. I'll play anywhere. I want to keep going. I'm not ready to, to finish up just yet. So, as you know, football can take you take you anywhere. So I'm just, I guess, at the moment, staying fit. And, and if I get on the, on the pitch on the weekend, doing what I can to help us go you know, further into the finals and, and doing well enough to, to secure a contract. Hopefully here, if not here, elsewhere. Now, Vinny, I want to just take you back a long, long time ago. Back when you were a young lad playing for Victory, uh, sorry, for uh, Victorian Country. Yeah. And uh, and there was you and uh, Frankie Lagana rolling around (laughs) in that team. And uh, I was scouting you at the time and, you know, with the potential of even trying to get you over to Derby because that's who I was working for. So I remember that game very, very well. Can you remember it? The game against Uh, Victory? Yeah, yeah, it's against Metro, yeah. 
Yeah, I did. And, and you turned them over, didn't you? We did. You I did. Think, um, you did. Yeah, we we had to rough them up a little bit, the, you, the city boys. So. Well, you did. <laughs> I know you and you and Frankie were getting right amongst it. So uh, no, I thought just I just thought I'd remind you, yeah. mate. I've got a long memory. I will. Oh, I don't think I'll ever forget that game. That was, that was always nice to beat the the, uh, the city boys. Yeah, good lad. Good on you, Vince. Hey, Vince, um, mate, it's been a, a fabulous career so far. We've enjoyed you uh, all the way, and uh, we wish you luck on, on Saturday. Good luck, Vince. Against Melbourne City, mate, and um, and hopefully we'll get to watch you for a few years yet to come. Thank you very much, boys. Thanks a lot. Vince Lee, uh, ahead of the elimination final against Melbourne City this Saturday evening. So, all right, stick around because we're going to get into the, uh, the, the the breakdown of the finals. We're all going to uh, look at it a little more deeply and, and make some selections ourselves on who we think uh, will and won't win and be playing against both Perth and Sydney FC next week in the, uh, the, the preliminary finals, the grand final qualifiers. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Well, we talked to a very relaxed Vince Leah. He uh, he would be relaxed. He's a 34-year-old veteran, and um, I thought he was great. He's fantastic. Um, yeah, gives good answers. And uh, and he's um, played some very important minutes for Adelaide this year when they've uh, really needed him to step up. Well, I think they'll be around for one more week because uh, well, we'll, we'll leave the tips for a moment. Okay. So we're all going to um, go into both games. There's only two left before uh, uh, the elimination finals next week. And, of course, the first one is Friday night. Uh, the, what about uh, the drama, though, Rob? Victory, yes. What victory about the drama from last Vince. week of how things turned well, out? Well, that was that last question that I asked Vince. That he, he, you know, obviously we couldn't believe it. You know, unbelievable. Yeah. So you're very critical of Melbourne City, Rob. You, thought, yeah. you think Melbourne City should just have laid low. Well, I think that they should, once they had the result in hand, um, just have been down. a little bit more conservative. Park the bus, guaranteed that um, that they had a home final. Maybe they've, they've, got like... fewer, they've got few enough supporters as it is, Maybe. let alone to think that they're going to take any to Adelaide. There'll yeah. be two men and a dog there following uh, City. At, um, would have been uh, an awesome uh, elimination final. It would have been fantastic. A great opportunity but for it's the not... league But, but it's maybe not... they... Maybe they like themselves, uh, fancy themselves against Adelaide. I think you're being very generous to Adelaide City. I oh, think no, I'm they just... just stuffed up. Melbourne City. Adelaide City was a pretty good team in that day, but Melbourne's yeah. good too. Hey, um, yeah. just before uh, Dean launches in, I just want to say uh, a very big congratulations to the NAB Young Footballer April nominee, Riley McGree. Mm. There's not many players get me excited as much as this kid does. Me too. The I actually Scorpion. think he can take the Ollie Roos in January all the way to the Olympic Games. Okay. He's that good. All right, watch this space. And I think he could be as good as Aaron Moy someday. So I think he's a future Socceroo Dougie. Do you like him, Riley McGree? Let's see how far they go, though. They're all obviously different eras and different developments That's and different it. ages, so we all go in different directions at different times, and hopefully you can just keep going. Well, it's this week, boys. It's uh, victory against Wellington. It's third v fourth on Friday night. Um, Wellington's had a good, uh, had some a good, good season, and they've had a good season and some good games against Victory this year. They turned them over early in the season at uh, Amy Park, Wellington. Um, so it'll be interesting, but I, I liked victory last week um, up against Western City Wanderers. They were good. Very they were good. And I just think there's a bit of steel about Honda and Toynevin in particular. You know when Toynevin scored an unbelievable goal last week, mm. an unbelievable header from, you know, sort of uh, 12 to 15 metres away. It was, went like a bullet. And they just don't get excited because they're pros. You know, I think they realise the big games are, are coming. 
And uh, I just think that they've got uh, some huge experience in that team that's going to get them over. And I know, obviously, from Wellington's point of view, they they part the queue with their squad and obviously rested players. Yeah, and which was a good idea. It's a good idea, but sometimes that can also affect your momentum going in. You know, if they no, go over they to don't Perth, flirt with forms. Well, so. that's exactly right. So. Look, it's but they int- do have some excitement machines, and I mean the the boy um, Krishna's quality. Yeah, I mean he's won the uh, Golden Boot. Yeah. Congratulations to Roy. Yeah. Okay. Um, but also Sarpreet Singh, who's just yeah, uh, like a, a super player. So what are our selections? I'm tipping this one to go into extra time and possibly penalties. Extra time. Um, but uh, I think um, I think victory will will get the result. So that's Rob. Okay. What about you, Dougie? Oh, I've uh, speaking to the expert, I suppose I might have to. Um, <laughs> as you know, with you, you two over there, the man behind the he's, he's, I'll, I'll let you tell him more later about the great news <laughs> me mate this there. <laughs> I think so as well. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you know, but saying that, I believe, and tell me if I'm wrong or right, because I've just spent a couple of weeks in Vietnam looking at recycling, but um, there's a couple of injuries um, for Vitry. Yeah. Um, Let's have a quick I'm look at uh, the squad. Yeah, James Sharisi. James Sharisi's yes, exactly. out with a hamstring. Yeah. 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 yeah, James Sharisi's out with a hamstring. Um, and obviously, Corey Brown gets that opportunity to be promoted. Um, they'll miss Sharisi for sure, no doubt about it. But I still think no, they will enough. be good enough. Melbourne victory for me. At home, um, it, it means be. a lot to the club. means a lot to the club. Well, and I, I'm expecting Tornivan and Honda to have big games. I've got to go with him because Muskie, I suppose. Muskie, my teammates, yeah. Ex-teammates, and he lived with me for three months in England when he was trialling at Sheffield United before he went to Palace, so I hope Kev gets up. Rob, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm going victory. victory. Um, yep. But, so um, we're all victory. Yep. Now, the other, obviously, uh, final is on Sunday. Adelaide 4th against Melbourne City 5th. It's, it's, it's interesting because I, I actually still rate City, and, and especially if they play like they, they played last week. I mean... Some of the some of the football and that Shayon Harrison was quality. The goal he scored was outstanding. Um, Ryan McGree, your boy Edge. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's good. Um, so for me, and and the what was good as well. They also blooded quite a lot of young players they that did. day. I mean, you've had a crack at him. Uh, you crack at him not uh, trying, but he actually left out Birigidi, Delat, Delbridge, Galekovic, Good, Beringer, and McLaren all didn't play last week. They all didn't play last week, Rob. Yeah, well, fair enough. I uh, concede that. But uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, when that happens, you uh, are flirting with form, aren't you? But uh, they're all back playing this week. Hmm. When you look at those names, I mean, it's like they are a a, a very deep squad, Melbourne City, and they should have the talent to get across the line. But... Adelaide, you know, do you know who I'm going to say? It, you won't like it. The English, the English connections in the room won't like it. The difference is Adelaide's got a good coach, and Melbourne City don't. So who are you, who are you going? For? Adelaide. Adelaide. So that's Edge. What about you, uh, Dougie? I'm going to go with the old Masons again, I suppose. Otherwise, my wife probably won't speak to me for about a week. And I suppose uh, Mr. Marwood won't speak to me either. So City I, group. So. I hope Mr. Joyce gets up there and um, yeah. gets I, the labour line for the Melbourne I City. I think Doug's a very clever bloke. I'm going to stick with him. I think Jamie McLaren's going to star and, uh, and City are going to win. Even though what about you, I think... Dino? Yeah, look, I, look I, I am actually a fan of Warren Joyce, uh, believe it or not. Um, and, um, you know, I like his background. But I think, um, for me... <laughs> For me, oh. I'm, I'm going for Melbourne City. Oh. John O, did you get that? That's They're all going for Melbourne City, your team, John O. I'm the only one who's going for Adelaide. 
Okay, all right, Dino. Now, now that's our tips. Um, you... So just for all of our listeners, we have, uh, you know, in the A-League, the Championship and the Premier League, we predict all the positions from 1 to 10, obviously, in the before A-League. Before the season starts. Before yeah. the season, and obviously, you know, the Premier League. I think this is most, the most important part this of the show. This is the biggest personally. part of the show. Come on, Dino. Right? So anyway, the, the rules are, just quickly, that if you absolutely put it in the right spot, so Melbourne City finish fifth, you get five points, which Edge did. And based on that, if you get the top six right, but in the wrong spot, you get two. So that's how it works. If you've got like Central Coast zero, there's zero. Anyway, this is how she rolled. Drum roll in third place. Mr. Rob Gilbert with eight. <laughs> yeah, but that's not important. See, I went through the season and won. So that this so, is just. So anyway, so that, this is like the grand. So final. then Edge pulled a five, which I've just said Melbourne City. Ooh. And he's gone well. He's gone two, 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 five, two, 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 seventeen. But the winner is Dino. Oh, well Big done, Dino, Dino on eighteen because he got two fives, and that was really the only difference. I had Western oh, Wanderers and Brisbane. So you and I are sharing the spoils. So we're sharing the spoils. Thanks, oh, Rob. You're welcome, Beautiful. Dino. Not at all. <laughs> all right, come on, let's wrap this up. Ed, you can talk to us in the next hour because there's plenty more on okay. in the next hour. We've got second edition news, including soccer is Matilda Central, Joey Peters, a lot more on Europe, and uh, and we've got uh, stoppage time. So stick around because that's a big big hour on Box to Box. Now this is Box. To box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, the king of storage, moving absolutely fantastic. Welcome back to a special edition of Box to Box with. Sheffield Blades legend Dougie Hodgson featuring regularly throughout. Stick around, there's a lot more Doug to come. But second edition news is shortly. We're going to talk to Joey Peters, the Women's World Cup. It's not uh, very often that we wouldn't deal with that off the top of the show, but uh, it's still a month away, and uh, it will be leading many episodes of this program in the next uh, eight weeks. But uh, in about a week's time, Alan Dante Milicic will be naming the side, and uh, we will be sitting on the edges of our seat as I make a Freudian slip there. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, stoppage time as well. Willem, um, what do you got for us, brother? Socceroos and Matilda Central for the Green and Gold Army. Support the Oliveroos in Thailand as they fight for 2020 Olympic qualification with the Green and Gold Army. Kaya Simon returned from an ankle injury to play the final 13 minutes for Houston Dash, registering an assist as she raises the clock to be fit for the World Cup. Simon played a hand in the consolation goal in a 4-1 defeat to Rain FC, with teammate Claire Polkinghorne playing the full 90 minutes. Interesting. Um, just, Willem, before you talk about the next uh, little news item, we should mention that uh, uh, Westfield has extended their arrangement as the naming rights uh, partner for the Matildas and the W League, which mm. is good news. Yeah, well, it's good news, especially with the Lowy family having uh, That's right. probably their noses out of joint with the way their, their reign of uh, football in Australia ended. Ah, so well, you know, it's it's a good thing. I understand it's an increase, a significant increase too, is, which is great for the women's game. However, that's mixed news because NAB and Caltex are, are not going to be renewing their partnerships with the FFA, so they've got some work to do, but a, a good news story. Well, with some of the names you mentioned, we're going to talk to Joey after after this. Um, uh, th- there's uh, a lot of names, um, but uh, it's the old musical chairs. There's not a chair for everybody, is there? No, there's not. Uh, what else you got there, William? A few more names for you. Lydia Williams and Sam Kerr went head-to-head for Seattle and Chicago Sky Blues, respectively. Kerr's Chicago won 3-0, but she herself failed to hit the score sheet, with Williams thwarting her on multiple occasions. And there were full shifts for Alana Kennedy, Emily Van Egmont, Ellie Carpenter and Caitlin Ford. So Hayley Rasso, Chloe Legazzo, Steph 
Catley all on the sidelines in their NWSL teams uh, with injuries. Uh, so Haley even spent a bit of time back here in Australia in the last week. So uh, we hope uh, they all make a speedy recovery. We can get them back on the park and uh, fit for the World Cup. A Danny Vukovic clean sheet has Genk six points clear atop the Belgian First Division with four games to play in their championship round. Genk are chasing their fourth Belgian title and first since 2011, so silverware is on offer for Danny as the season draws to a close. Now, I reckon uh, uh, Willem would be aware of this. I reckon Willem would be aware. I don't know if you would, Rob, but why do Genk love Danny Vukovic so much? Why do they love him so much? I think it's to do with his son's involvement, is it not? He's it the, is, the it cheerleader. is. So what happens is when Genk win a game is that uh, Danny's little boy, He'd only be, what, three or four? Three or four, yeah. He comes in and he leads the uh, fans behind the goals in singing the song. It's absolutely fantastic. It's all over yeah. social media. Are you aware of that, Rob? Of course I was. What are you talking about, Edge? I, I think I told you about it. <laughs> well, what do you got next? <laughs> Matt, Bry- Matt Bryan's Brighton continues to stave off relegation. A 1-1 draw with Newcastle. Dizzy played well. Ensuring they have a four-point buffer over Cardiff and the relegation zone with two games to play. Milay Edenak came on in the aftermath of the chaos that was Aston Villa against Leeds. Now, we know is a very versatile player, but it was very surprising to see him play the final 15 minutes as the number nine, chasing defenders and providing a target the up ca- top. The chaos of that story, I mean, let's deal with that right now. Uh, after the Spygate scandal where... Uh, uh, Bielsa, the uh, Marcello Bielsa, the Leeds young manager, was uh, almost run out of town. Now he's the uh, the hero of, of a lot of people and uh, and fated for his sportsmanship. Uh, so um, yeah, you can, the pendulum can swing. Um, Pretty dramatically in football, can't it? And speaking of social media, Millet doesn't post that often, but he did after that match post that he was mm. happy to announce he's now officially played in every position on the park for his professional football club. Could you believe Millet Yedak played number nine? He got out of first gear and was chasing defenders <laughs> pretty aggressively. I was well, surprised he, to see him. He's a, he's a brute of a man, and uh, he doesn't mind... Uh, the odd tackle. So uh, I imagine some defenders with him chasing him down would have uh, been looking over their shoulder, I'm sure. <laughs> but well done, Millet. He's important to them at the moment. Uh, I reckon he'll play a big part in the playoffs. I reckon he'll play a big part. Yeah. Arsenal have won the English Women's Super League with Australian coach Joe Montemuro at the helm. A 4-0 win over Brighton saw Arsenal clinch their first title since 2012 with a game to spare. Having previously coached Melbourne Victory's women and been an assistant at Melbourne City, Montemuro joined Arsenal in 2017 and has been lauded for adding defensive steel to the Gunners. Yeah, that's a great uh, fillip for Australian football. Uh, Joe Montemuro, a Melbourne product. Oh, who knows? If Ante does take Peppy? that job at MacArthur, then uh, maybe Joe might come back and uh, and uh, become the Matildas coach. Who knows? Who knows? That's a possibility for sure. Lionel Messi's 600th Barcelona goal had even Jurgen Klopp smiling as Barca took a 3-0 lead from their first Champions League semi-final. Liverpool manager Klopp stated despite his side putting in their best Champions League performance over the past two years, he was outcoached by his counterpart Ernesto Valverde. No question about it. I like it though, and it's difficult to play against us, but still we, are, we lost still 3-0, so I would say Mr Valverde did everything right. And I did everything wrong. That's in football like this. Um, but we both will still carry on, probably. You just cannot love Jurgen Klopp, can you? I mean, how many coaches... Cannot. We, I mean, you just cannot love him. I mean, you've got to love everything about him, even oh. when he gets oh, beaten. you saying you cannot love means cannot, you can't love not him. Not love him. No, yeah, you cannot you not mean. love him. That's Sorry. better. <laughs> yeah. but you get the gist, gist of what I'm saying. I do now. <laughs> yeah. But my point is that even in defeat... He yeah. says something uh, significant. Well, that he gets was right. Uh, yeah, so, sometimes when when the the uh, the stark uh, bleeding obvious is staring you in the face, that uh, you know, with Firmino sitting on the can't wait to talk to Dino and Dougie yeah. about all of that uh, just before stoppage time. 
A really sad story. Czech striker Joseph Sural has tragically lost his life after a bus carrying he and several teammates crashed last Sunday. Mm. Turkish side Aytemiz Alanyaspor were travelling home from a match at Kayserispor when it's believed the driver fell asleep at the wheel. No one else was seriously injured. Sural was just 28. He played 20 matches for the Czech Republic, including against the Socceroos last June. His number 90 has been retired by the club. Sad story. Tragic. Absolutely tragic. Bus driver falling asleep. Nothing worse. And last week, in stoppage time, we farewelled Celtic great Billy McNeil. Sadly, this week, another of the Lisbon Lions, Stevie Chalmers, has passed aged 79. Chalmers scored the winning goal in the famous 1967 European Cup final victory, the most memorable of his 236 across 12 seasons for the club. From his 12 Scottish caps, he netted five goals. What a time for Celtic, eh? You know, there's the the legends... um... Those but, Lisbon uh, Lions, um, I mean, it's folklore, isn't it? But uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Porto goalkeeper Ike Casillas has sent a big scare through the football community, suffering a heart attack at training. Fortunately, he's been declared stable, with Porto putting out a statement declaring the issue resolved. Casillas, who captained Spain to their 2010 World Cup glory, suffered an acute myocardial infarction. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it just shows you that uh, that it doesn't matter how fit you look or uh, the lifestyle that you lead. Um, you know, genetics, uh, you've got to watch out and get tested pretty regularly. So, um, yeah, if you think you're um, in the clear because you're uh, Some in good health, too, just yeah, quietly. Yeah, yeah. get tested. And Tottenham's medical staff is under fire after Jan Vertonghen was allowed back onto the pitch following a nasty head clash in their Champions League semi-final. Vertonghen resumed playing after receiving treatment from a bleeding nose but had to be helped down the tunnel just moments after returning to the pitch. He's since been given the all-clear, but anyone who saw the footage could say he was seriously concussed, mm. just about collapsing and nearly vomiting. Another incident in football where doctors need to take more charge. We take uh, it for a bit for injuries. granted here, Rob, don't mm. we? Because mm. Australians in Australia, we grow up with either, if you're in the Northern States Rugby League or in the Southern States AFL, mm. where concussions are sadly quite regular mm. in those yeah. sports. So we know that there's really serious concussion protocols around. And we've around. been following that story as uh, you know the yeah, world of football has. But in, you know, in the, some of these European the leagues, um, professional leagues and there's there's not the prevalence of no concussion. no there's not well i've listened to a so, lot of talk sport um following that incident some of those even though they're talented doctors i just don't think they're yeah. equipped to deal with it like we're used to here in australia with the nrl yeah. and afl and, and rugby, rugby over there that yeah. the, if you've got a concussion that uh, that you're not allowed to play for at least two weeks mm. or until all of the signs of your concussion have cleared mm. so, so it's uh, interesting man yeah it's not a, not a good story i think they need to have an independent doctor on the touchline mm. yeah. um to assess head injuries like they have in afl these yeah days. absolutely yeah. and yeah. perhaps if there is a serious head injury you could allow a fourth sub if it's allowed by an independent yeah. doctor. Yeah, yeah no, that's a good point, Willem. Well made. Okay, Willem, well done. Um, off to uh, Matilda Land after the break. Yeah. We're going to talk to Joey, Joey Peters. Peters. Is Joey Peters a little bit passionate about the women's game each? Just a little bit. She just loves it. Uh, we love it. We love it as much as Joey. Don't you worry We'd, about that. Well, uh, I think we can't know. wait. Can't wait to eat my baguettes and uh, mm. all that sort of stuff yeah, over there in yeah, France. We'll, we'll be holding the fort for you while you're away. Yes, all can't right. wait to dial in, let you know all about it. Exactly. Well, uh, we'll get um, the, the French sort of jaunty music. Oh! <laughs> all like over it. Well done. Okay, so Joey Peters, not yet from France, but uh, she well, she won't be going there because she's covering it in the studio at SBS, but Edge will be there. Matilda's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe for Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport, and one of our absolute favourite guests, regular guests. We'll have to get her a security pass soon. Former Matilda legend Joey Peters, because the World Cup selection is only around a week away, Michael, and uh, we are yeah. very excited. Joey, welcome back to the show. 
Hey, guys. How's everything? Oh, They're going well, Joey. You must be getting excited. Uh, all the SBS promotions out. I know, uh, just for the listeners right around Australia, you'll be able to catch Joey's expert commentary uh, as part of the SBS broadcast for the FIFA Women's World Cup from France. So, Joey, are you looking forward to that uh, that little uh, job you've got? It's a good one. Oh, oh you're kidding me, aren't you? It's going to be the best job going around, except uh, obviously I'm not going to be actually in France, but it's the next best thing um, in the studio there. I was I managed to do the last World Cup in the SBS studios, and it, it's, it's an amazing experience to be that close to the action and being able to almost talk like you're there and, and talk talk Australia through the games uh, I feel privileged in that position and, and yeah I, I'm, I'm already excited guys and we've still got a month to go Absolutely, well I'll send you pictures of my baguettes and the foie gras and all of the boulebaise, all the great food that's in France and uh, we're, we're obviously over there with uh, about 200 fans it's going to be fantastic experience going to the World Cup but there'll be some nervous ladies at the moment won't there Joey because we're about a week away before Ante Milicic will announce his squad um, I've got a few questions for you. So does Rob. Um, the, the, the top one I'm going to ask you is, um, it's probably a, an odd one to ask, but I must admit I've been thinking about it deeply, is Lisa Devanna. Um, when I looked at her game against America, uh, there was parts of the game that I thought she really struggled and there was parts of the game that she'd excelled. She is, there's so many parallels with Tim Cahill here. You know, the number of games she's played, the number of goals she scored. She's obviously Australia's highest uh, goal scorer. She's a, she's a marvel, but... Um, there is some question marks over her capacity to run out entire games, and with so many games coming in a World Cup, is Lisa Devanna potentially at risk of not going, or do you think she's an absolute lock? Yeah, it's a good question, mate. Um, with with Lisa, for me, she she's she's got to go, like to the World Cup, no doubt about that. In terms of how she actually proves herself, um, especially in the USA game, I mean, you know, she she answered everyone there in terms of. Uh, I, I thought her performance. Look, she's she's never been, um, you know, the best defender. That's not what she's there for. She's there to score goals. She's there for the big moments, and she proved again that she can deliver. Um, yes, her body is obviously, you know, quite fragile now, and coming into a big tournament, you know, you, I mean, I've always thought because she started off as a as a super sub, you yeah. know, she started off um, come on in the last twenty minutes of a game and. You know, she'd she'd score and and rip the opposition to shreds when they were tired. So I always thought, you know, perhaps coming towards the end of her career, that would still be a good move if she went back to kind of being that super sub. I mean, um, still seems like she's pushing for for a starting spot, which I think is warranted. And she certainly proved that in the end, and and in World Cups, you need your goal scorers. You you do need um, players that are going to, you know, have experience at putting the, the goals in. So I've no doubt that she, she's going to be there. Hopefully, you know, only she only she really knows, and I'm sure the staff as well, how her body's actually holding up. But he, he, everything else for me, um, you know, that she's been such a steadfast member of this team, you know, ever since I was playing, which is a while ago now, fellas. But um, <laughs> she's, no, I, I think she's a, she's a, sh- a shoe-in for sure. Well, that forward mix is really interesting because obviously... Uh, Chloe Legazzo, Gilnick, Hayley Rasso are, in terms of the recent two or two or three years, they're sort of recent em- em- emergence on the scene, and they're all um, at various times played exceptionally well. And then we have, you know, the old heads, obviously Lisa, Samantha, Caitlin, uh, and Kaya Simon. Now there's seven names there, um, but I think you can probably only take five or maybe six. 
So someone has to miss out. It's just a really interesting perspective that uh, that uh, we have. Um, it's going to be some hard decisions for Ante Miletic. Who do you leave out out of that uh, that sort of forward six or seven players? That's right, and I, I think probably who'd be most nervous at the moment is Kai Simon. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with her injury, and um, you know, she was she's known to be one of Stadge's favourites, so she was always. Um, in the side, you know, he, he and he was very favourable in, in playing her in midfielder if he needed her to, to be there. But I think she's a, she's she's more of a, a front three player, and particularly she's played um, crucial roles in the number nine position. So when you're looking at someone like Sam Kerr um, to come up against, and then you've got the the flexibility of having a Caitlin Ford, even Lisa being that nine. I think, you know, for me, it, it's the most, yeah, question mark would be over Kaya um, just because, you know, she hasn't been able to impress this, you know, the new coach and her match fitness and, you know, previous form, you'd have to say, you know, wasn't necessarily up to where, you know, the emergence of Hayley Rasso and, um, and Emily Gilnick is now. So, you know, Emily Gilnick, again... I'm not sure she she had a, a nice purple patch there in putting some goals in, but again they were from lower ranked nations. So again she's for me still uh, unknown in terms of the big moments of a of a major tournament coming up against um, you know the, the the bigger nations and uh, the USA. We didn't necessarily see a lot of her. Um, I, there'd be those two that that are question marks for me over those players you mentioned. It's the, I mean, there's four players there that we can name. Lisa, obviously, um, even Chloe Legazzo and Hayley Rasso and Kaya Simon, they've all had you know, fairly significant issues with their bodies in the last 18 months. So let's hope they can all time it right. Obviously, Kaya Simon played her first minutes last weekend in the National Women's Soccer League in the US. Um, so she'll be, she, she's coming from a long way behind you right now. My last question before I hand over to Rob, who's got a list of them, is on the defence. We've um, that le- left hand, Steph Catley's missed a lot of football. She's currently got a calf injury. She hasn't played any minutes in the National Women's Soccer League. She has not played actually a lot of football in the last sort of 10 months, but she, we know how, how important she is. And we saw a glimpse of her playing as a centre-back in some of the recent uh, games in Australia. Um and that, if if she's forced to play as a centre back with uh, availability of players, um, that left hand side, uh, left left full back, we saw Gemma Simon slot in there for a couple of games. Um, that whole setup's a bit of a worry for me. What's your thoughts on that at that that end of the pitch, Joe? Because we're just so used to seeing Steph Catley on that in that left hand um, full back position that she's she's made it her own. But um, you know, she did play centre back for a little while against Argentina and. Um, I've got a sense that she might play there. Yeah, that's right. She, um, look, Steph is... Uh, I mean, she's basically... She's our vice-captain now, isn't she? Mm. Um, alongside Sam Kerr. So that's how much, you know, Ante certainly pays respect to her, and, and it's fair enough. Um, you know, these these injury worries are... are uh, I mean, we could go on, on a whole other conversation about, you know, why these girls are yeah. breaking down, and it's a, it's a, it's a huge worry. Um, but, you know... She, I, mean, I guess the positive of that is Steph's actually used to managing injuries and, and playing through them. And yes, you could say that you know if she if she wants to conserve a little bit in her tank, then you know slotting her at centre back potentially um, 
you mean you don't want to start thinking about oh you know she doesn't do as much work at centre back but you know her her strength when she's fully fit is obviously that she gets right up and down that line. And it's her distribution, isn't it? Crossing the ball, yeah. Yes, um, but she's proven that you know as a centre back, and and that like you said, that it, it is worrisome because our back line and obviously the USA tearing us apart with five goals, showing us where you know we need some serious um, cover in those areas. And, yeah, as much as, you know, Polks and Alana make up a, a pretty steadfast centre, central pair, um, you know, it, yeah, I, I just don't know where Steph's at with, with, her, with her fitness, and that's the main deal for me is can she, is, is she fit enough to be able to play in that full-back role? But we've seen that, you know, Gemma Simon is, is, would be your second choice there, and, and she's a long way off in terms of, you know, the quality that Steph brings with the ball. I think Gemma right. was still, you know, was is great in the back line with her experience of playing with a back, um, uh, being able to keep that line for us. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's a big concern, fellas, the, our, our back line and, and all these, these injuries. Sure is, Joey. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Matilda Legend, Joey Peters, ahead of the World Cup, which kicks off on Friday the 7th of June with France taking on the Korea Republic, uh, Australia's first match against Italy on the 9th of June, just two days later. So not very often that we enter a World Cup of any description as the top-ranked team in our group. So Australia, 6th, Italy, 15th, uh, Brazil a little higher, 10th, and, and Jamaica, the uh, uh, 53rd ranked team in the world. Uh, the uh, the question, I guess, that uh, has faded into less significance over the last month or so uh, is uh, is obviously the the big story of earlier in the year. Um, Alan Stadich's departure seems to have uh, been well and truly dealt with. Ante has uh, has got this squad and moulded it on his own. And uh, our worst fears that um, that that uh, whole uh, disruption would prove to be a, a major issue. Uh, they seem at the moment to be unfounded. Unfounded in terms of it's a good been a, a good move. Well, I'm saying that the uh, the fears that it could be a major disruption in the squad as the, they and a constant issue leading up to the World Cup have been unfounded. It, it it isn't happening right now. The story's off the front pages. Yeah, fair enough. Look, I I, I still don't think uh, it, it seems to be that he just he hasn't got a lot of time on his side. That was a big concern. I mean, for me, when it when it first broke, the news of, you know, Sajik moving on, um, I initially thought, you know what, it was five, I think five months out, and I thought, you know, that's enough time for someone else to come in. This team doesn't need a lot of very um, variation in, in what they're doing. They just need someone to freshen them up and, um, you know, give them, give them a little bit, you know, a little bit more in terms of the tactical versatility, um, which I think Ante's done, but... At the same time, just hearing all the information that, you know, oh, we're playing this new playing style. And for me, I, I'm, I'm a little bit fearful that he's, he's going a little bit too far in, in terms of what he's trying to get them, you know, to, to take in. I mean, even seeing them against the USA, they weren't doing their, their usual, um, you know, world-famous high press, which has gotten us a lot of joy you know that's fine to have a variation in terms of sitting back a little further with, with um, you know, with a mid press, but just get the sense that you know we don't need to change that much. Um, and has he is he trying to do too much with too little time? Um, that that's 
more my concern at the moment that oh, here, so many questions, Joey. Joey so you, many questions. You, you can, you can oh. you, the, the emotion and the the tension is dripping from you, Joey. Uh, we're going to hey, be Joey, okay. We're going to be fine. Yeah. He's got some time in camp, and we'll fix up the Italians well and surely in the first game. Get on a bit of a roll. <laughs> get on your edge. It'll all be happening. Round hey, of 16, hey, Joey, we're, we're going to have to wrap it up now. But, um, we will get you on before the World Cup starts again. As uh, we're really going to be tightening up the focus. Uh, uh, as we get closer. So um, if you can spare us some more time uh, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we'd love to have a, a yarn again and maybe go into that um, that system and style that Ante is employing and, and your concerns around that again. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, guys, then uh, actually I've got some few more fingernails left by then. <laughs> tell you what, it's, a, it's a long way off. The poor nails, they're, they're gone already. I'll send, you some, I'll send you some mittens. <laughs> Good on you, Joey <laughs> Peters, legend. Right. Joey, great much. to talk to you. Joey Peters, legend of the Matildas. We just cannot wait. A World Cup uh, in France, Australia, a big, big chance. It's super exciting. And uh, Edge is going to go and we're staying home. So how good is that not? Um, anyway, now Doug and Dino have been out having a cup of coffee, but they're going to come back in and we're going to jump right back into the middle of Europe, have a good yarn about everything that's going on there. And then we're going to have a good old chat to, to Doug about uh, some of the fun stories of his time uh, over in the UK and, uh, and the crazy story that got him there in the first place. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box. This is Europe time. Where do we start, guys? I don't know. We're going to get through as much as we can. But before we do, um, Dougie, Fairdinkham, Chemist Warehouse are our sponsor. Mate, you, you, you keep them afloat, don't you? Mate, I tell you what, I wish I'd bought one. Tell <laughs> about the old boost juice, Chemist Warehouse, the amount of medication I've had over the years. I'll tell <laughs> you, you what, I could have three of them. <laughs> well, mate, what you do need to do now, though, before the flu season begins, is get your flu shot, because that's what we're all doing. That's the least of his problems. Just the one shot, you think, Dino? Just for... Um, just for um, before uh, the... we go, will you just hold on to no, that? No, no, just now, for the football... fans. Just for the fans, right around Australia, Doug carries a little little bag with him wherever he goes. Yeah. He's obviously needs uh, some medication for his back and his neck mm-hmm. um, from all those soccer injuries. And uh, the, the running gag here is that he does keep Chemist mm-hmm. Warehouse afloat because he's, he's in there every day exactly. topping up the prescriptions. And I'll tell you what, I do get prescriptions from there as well. So keep up the good work, guys. Thanks very much. Good on you, Dougie. Well, we were talking Can about Can we get him flu. a gold card or something, Rob? I think, I think he's already got one. <laughs> so it's quick, it's convenient, it's affordable. Plus, you don't need to bring in a script. That is the flu vaccination. The prescription and administration are provided on site by a qualified health professional. So this year, the quadrivalent strain is just twelve ninety nine at Chemist Warehouse. So save journey time between the chemist and the GP just book online and turn up be confident arm yourself with the flu vaccination from chemist warehouse go to chemistwarehouse.com.au forward slash flu so Dino you're the maestro of the agenda for Europe uh, where are you going to start well, us off we're, we're going to have to be really shotgun tonight because there's so much to cover but uh, the, the Champions League semi-final hasn't let us down it's all started on the Tuesday um their time. Ajax. Ajax. Mm. Unbelievable first. Where Dougie um, did sign with Ajax in, um, at one stage. I see on uh, on a profile here that... Um, this yeah, might be news to Doug, that. Yeah. No? That might be Green Gully Ajax. who may have had trials there. Well, no trials. We're at the whole city. No, well, there's a Wikipedia page that says it's, Ajax. It actually, says, it actually says I'm good looking on there as well. <laughs> so I think there's yeah, a few. So it, much hey, for my research. I reckon yeah. that might have been... Um, could have been... That was um, Dinella. In WA, 
Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, Hijacks might have been. Yeah, anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. We'll go uh, back to that one, though. Yeah, we'll, anyway, we'll, we'll, it started off at, uh, at Tottenham, and, and the first 35 minutes... To be fair, Ajax were unplayable. They're, they were superb. They, had they got some um, ability to pass the ball. Unbelievable. They, they keep the ball really, really well. And that's well. the thing, they do play a passing game, don't they? They do. And look, and I think most of the top teams who are successful do have mm. that passing game. But uh, it was a Van der Beek 15-minute uh, goal, and the key to that was obviously the away goal. You know, Now Tottenham have got to go back there. They were a bit undermanned. They got injuries with Vertonghen throughout the game. Uh, which didn't help, but obviously they get Sun back. So Sun back next week will make a big difference to Tottenham. Uh, what they'll do at the back, I don't know. But for me, he's he's going to be still alive. That's just still alive. I think it is. Um, and then obviously the Barcelona one against uh, Liverpool. Liverpool were absolutely superb all day long, apart from the three goals. And I know that sounds really weird, but the third goal, the the the, the Messi free kick was outstanding. And I think the, the the Suarez goal to start, I mean, it was it could have easily been stopped. And and even the Messi goal was they basically the second, the second half they'd camped really in their half, and then all of a sudden they caught them on the counter like they can do. And you know, like you talk about Messi and Ronaldo, you know, and I've always been more a Ronaldo, you know, like he's the best. But having seen him this morning. I thought he was outstanding, Messi, and at times unplayable. The only thing that really niggles me a bit, though, they dive a lot, Barcelona. And Does complain a lot. And complain, and complain about handballs that are just there. And, just and what about, you know what really you know, annoyed me in that game was, was Suarez. There's a protocol internationally in football, isn't there? Where You're you, going to talk you, about you Suarez having some protocols. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you don't, don't, well, you don't over-celebrate against your, your old team. So Exactly. And so he, he went over the top, didn't he? And so what's going to happen next week at Anfield when he turns up? there right well, well, like, no he won't well I thought I thought the tie was still <laughs> I, I, I thought the tie was still at 2-0 I was still confident Liverpool could get back that third could be a bridge too far because I still feel that they can score an away goal which will make it even harder so you know that's the, that's the hard part um but look, it is what it is. It's, it's finally poised with the Tottenham one and, and I think Tottenham have got to go there and score first so we'll see what happens next week but as it stands now it could really be a Barcelona Ajax final, which I don't think would be a bad game. I think it'd yeah, be I'd like game. to see an English team in there. I'd, well, so would I. I mean, I'd like to see both Tottenham and Liverpool in it. But there will be a twist in the tale. One, one of the games yeah. will go according to script, but yeah. there will be. It a always is. Yeah. Yeah. Always is. And really, Liverpool's got nothing to lose. They'll just open up the floodgates and have a real crack. Well, Liverpool did beat um, Barcelona four nil um, at um, at Anfield. Was it three years ago? So there, there is a. Uh, so it's either four nil or five one. They need to win. There you go. Fair enough. Okay, so we'll push on. Um, obviously, the, the Europa League uh, semi-finals are on with uh, just Arsenal through those. Dinners, well, yeah. they've not played yet, so it's Arsenal and Valencia and Eintracht Frankfurt and Chelsea. So that's mm. that'll and be. Now, well, the, they will be largely be by the time most the of the listeners. And then next week we'll know exactly where we stand. Eintracht Frankfurt, one of Ed Zelich's teams. Yes, yeah. um, one of the 35 he played for around Europe. Now in the <laughs> Premier League, obviously we've got Dougie Hodgson in the studio with us, and we've been counting down the games for Brighton and their running. We know. Oh, Doug, Doug's got his old Cardiff. gaffer at Cardiff, so he's he's, he's got, got a he's got a direct line to Warnock. So where, where do you think he's going to go, Doug? I and... hope he does it. You know, and I spoke to him about six weeks ago. He rang and just to see how I was doing. I said, mate, if anyone can do it, you can. He's been a he's been to Wembley eight times. I thought he had shares in the place. The <laughs> amount of time he's been there, he's been fantastic. But um, I honestly, they've got the best running. I think last week there was a bit of a slip up, I suppose, opportunity, but. Um, 
let's hope for Carter for him and for Carter supporters they get over the line because uh, he's worked hard. What do they need to do, Doug? They need to win. They need both to win games. both games, but yeah. they've they've got a good run in though. They've got so a lot this week. Brighton and Ar- Brighton's got Arsenal, and then they've got uh, Man City. And yeah, let's be fair, mm-hmm. we'll ride them both off. Uh, but then again, like you said, though, Rob, things the game it mm-hmm. changes. Um, Cardiff, they've got Palace and Man U. So mm-hmm. who's going to take it home? Can they need four points? So realistically, they need to get away with um, two yeah. wins. Yeah, so if Brighton win one of those, one of their one games, point, they're, they're home. Well, even yeah. a point. Yeah. Point will get them home for Brighton. Because of the yeah. goal difference. Goal difference, yeah. But at the top end, though, well, what we end. need to see is City. We need City to drop a point um, this Says weekend. Rob, the Liverpool so that, uh, You yes. know what, though, and I'll be honest, Rob, I'm going to listen. <laughs> Brian Marwood runs the whole city group. He's mm. my wife's old boss. So I've got <laughs> oh, to be in the corner in the airport. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Kenny Dalglish was my hero. Yeah. So is it time? Can it be time? Yeah. I think it's Liverpool's time. But, but after nice. losing that midweek, you know, they're, they're going to be deflated, aren't they? Now they've got to come back and... I think they'll bounce. They're, they're, look, they'll they're, bounce. They're, 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 they know they played really well, Rob. They did mm. play well. As pros, though, Dino. So oh, who do Manchester City, Manchester City have to drop a game? Or draw. Or draw? Yeah, draw. Yeah. That's it. So who do they play in the last two rounds? Well, that's Brighton. So, so this, yeah. So this, yeah. So this week, obviously, um, Liverpool. This week, a man. Well, start with Manchester City. They've got Leicester at home, um, and obviously Leicester have turned it around since uh, Brendan Rodgers. Not a bad him. team, Leicester. Jamie Vardy's on fire. That yeah. could be the one. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. could be the one. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it will be interesting. Um, I mean, Liverpool have got Newcastle away this weekend, so. Winnable, but Newcastle can be quite funny. They can sometimes weigh the, you down. And, Rafa, and Rafa, Rafa Benitez, superb manager. And the um, other little mini battle is uh, for fourth spot between Chelsea on 68 points, Arsenal on 66, Man United on 65. We know fourth is pretty uh, pretty uh, sought after spot. Maybe Arsenal are sort of pinning their hopes on uh, Europa League. Could be. I mean, Man United play Huddersfield, so they'll be hopefully confident they'll win there. Mm. Uh I mean, we talk about Tottenham as well. Um, they're playing away at Bournemouth. Um, we've still talked about Liverpool and then Arsenal. We've got Brighton, and obviously that's and Chelsea have got Watford at home. So I think for all the top teams, they're all winnable games. Mm. But Watford are a decent side. Very decent. Because seventh spot what, on the what, ladder. What, what you need to know is this seventh spot's really important. Yeah. Because it could be another European spot. Most definitely. And Watford, just be fair, they've turned it around. They've had not a bad year there. Um, they've had it not a bad few years, actually. The yeah. thing is, I've got another, it's another mate, another colleague, another mate, Andy Scott, director of football in there, obviously. Um, and he's some of the stories I spent some time with him last year and uh, what was going on, £120,000 worth of fines they dished out to the players. So there's been a big turnaround, a bit of a clear out in there. So could Watford be the one to upset the apple cart? Mm-hmm. They could could be championship. We yeah, love the championship. championship. Well, we do. And um, favourite league, Dougie, been... Dougie graced uh, the the halls of the championship. <clears throat> it's pretty well, obviously, set that Norwich are promoted and Sheffield United. So, congratulations to both clubs. And obviously, Dino, Dino. But but there's a little twist as Dougie's been banging on since he walked in the joint. <laughs> but basically, he's telling me that if Norwich park the queue because they've been partying all week and Sheffield, who most probably after their celebration, have now dried up and now starting to prepare for a really important game that they could actually win the league and, you know, by winning and Norwich obviously getting done. But and they're playing Villa. They're playing Villa. And Villa's in the playoffs. So they're so going Villa to be looking, are right up for it. They're going to be making sure their form's right up there. Hmm. You know, I think it's, I think the centre-half, the one, the pitches that I've seen, I think he might be sober just enough for Sunday <laughs> at 12.30 kick-off. 
because uh, it's 12.30 kickoff yeah, on this, Sunday. It's an early game. Early game, and it goes, everyone goes at the same time. So I think... It's good timing for us, so it's a 9.30 uh, kickoff for, for us. Absolutely yeah, can't wait. I actually think, um, and, I, and I honestly say, not just because of Sheffield United, but there could be another twist in the... It could for be. sure. Hey, but Dino, imagine yeah. imagine if uh, the latter stays the same. Just it probably won't, but if it stays the same, uh, the playoffs: Leeds, West Brom, Aston Villa, and the Rams, Derby County. As it stands now, Derby missed a massive opportunity through the week. Didn't they? Um, what? They were one nil up at Swansea, having had a had a reasonably reasonably good run recently. Had they won the game, they would really mathematically then Middlesbrough would have to score and Derby have to get smashed by West Brom, but. The good news is they're still it's in their destiny. Uh, Middlesbrough are only one point behind, so again, if they were to draw, that uh, they're gone because Derby would be okay. And Bristol City, their goal difference is inferior as well, so they've got to win to get to 71 points. Um, if so, realistically, I, I'm thinking looking at this with goal difference. Uh, that would go to 72 points. Middlesbrough, so, so would, Middlesbrough, yeah, only one point behind Derby. So Middlesbrough are playing uh, Rotherham away, and Rotherham have already been relegated. Um, Derby obviously play West Brom, and Huge Bristol game. City play... I can't see it. Um, I should be able to see it. You should. I should. Okay. Oh, yeah, Bristol. Yeah, Bristol City play Hull. Jackson. So, yeah, so Jackson. Jackson versus a, Bailey. Yeah, you could actually play Bring a little role in boys. there. So yeah, to, it's going uh, to Victorian. And just to let everybody know that Rotherham relegated Bolton Wanderers along with Ipswich Town and Millwall were saved through with the game in midweek that they won and that put them safe. So there's no Some drama. big clubs going down. Absolutely. There is. All right, gentlemen. Well, we're going to have a good yarn in stoppage time. Um, we've got a couple of stories that we want to hear from Dougie from the golden days and. Uh, um, have a little bit of fun as we wrap up the show. And uh, as we do wrap up the show, I'm going to tell you all why I thought Dougie had signed up with Ajax because on the website that I looked at, it had Edges Club Heidelberg as just Alex. Alexander. And that's what I looked at yes. and said Ajax. So there you go. That was my mistake. Apologies for signing you up with the Dutch, mate. Anyway, yeah, got to confess. Can... We, we, hey, what sort of bloke we got running the show? Mate, here? the last time really? a bloke said he was perfect, they put him on a cross, mate. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not claiming to be perfect. <laughs> and you know I'm not. Okay, stoppage time next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal. Yes, this is Box to Box. It is stoppage time. The fourth official signals is about eight minutes left to go. It's been a fun, fun show. We've, it's been uh, a fun show. been privileged to have the great Dougie Hodgson, a very happy man, and a bloke who deserves a lot of happiness that, uh, who knows, the way that life uh, yeah, twists and turns. I reckon um, there'd be a storage, uh, storage King facility in Patterson's Lakes, wouldn't there? I think there certainly is, of course. Because, and, you know, um, we all talk about Doug Hodgson's um, career on the field, but he's done okay in business. So I reckon there'll be a storage king facility down in uh, Patterson's Lakes that's just full of money. Absolutely, like Scrooge McDuck bathing in his cash. That's what we've probably got to get you involved in storage, Kim, because they are the absolute best. It's a, it's a growth, growth industry, and storage king are the best in that growth industry. You've got to get to storageking.com.au to find your nearest store. They've got all sizes catered for one square metre upwards. They're the specialists in self-storage for commercial and domestic needs. Easy access to your goods, security premises, and you know what? The best people question got the maserati in there okay yeah Absolutely. the maserati can get the in maserati there, there yeah and yeah. high security maserati safety store so doug's involved in recycling <laughs> you if you he's got about 25 boost juice franchises i mean he's 
you name it. He's just rolling in. He, he would need the biggest facility you could possibly imagine down there. Can you can you, can you put a an ocean liner in, in there? I think yeah, he yeah, has an ocean you can. You can put trucks, anything in. A couple of trucks in there as well. Yeah. Dougie, you can put whatever you need in there. Love I'll take you to take up the sea. Michael, take the sea. Um, we might discuss investing. Come in on, let's let's. Have, we want to know about the bus story. What's going on with? Okay, the bus so story? the bus story goes something like this: that uh, that when Dougie uh, was uh, playing for his beloved Blades, um, there was a uh, a sunroof in this particular bus. So two, 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 two So on this particular day, the, the bus is just crawling along at about 10 miles an hour. Yep. So Dougie thinks it's a good idea to... Uh, that's right, there's two, there's two sunroofs. So he gets uh, up onto the roof through the rear sunroof, walks across the roof and pokes his head in uh, to the uh, to the front sunroof and uh, asks the the gaffer at the time, who I think was Howard Kendall, correct? Yeah, and um, and says, "We're well, going to play a game today, boss." And, and what did he say? You stupid Australian, get back in! <laughs> you can take the uh, the boy out of Frankston, but you can't take the Frankston out of the boy, can you? Really? <laughs> I put so me head down there, I said, "Any chance for game today, gaffer?" And he said, "Get out of here, you idiot!" <laughs> and somebody else followed you, didn't they? Yeah, Don Hutchinson. Oh, I've ever done. Old Scouser, I played at Liverpool and Everton and West Ham. And a quick one with Hutch, which one of my closest mates, we've gone out for tea. I was just a few years ago back, seeing one, seeing my surgeon. Anyway, he's picked me up in his Bentley, got chatting away. And um, it's, we talk, players don't talk finance, never yeah. have. Yeah. And I won't repeat what he what he said. And I sat there and I said, hey, hey Hutch, I said that, just out of curiosity, he said, what were you on? What was the most you ever, ever, ever um, earned? And it was quite a lot of thousands. Yeah. I said, you really? I said, yeah. He said, well done, mate. No worries. So we went to pay the bill. <laughs> he only had a credit card, cash only. Navigators who paid yeah, for the bill. Okay. Yeah, well, I did. Yeah, yeah. Many a times. That's but why he's so rich, mate. That's why he done so. But time at Sheffield United and even at Oldham. And Dino, like we, we were talking about the time I went with the rugby. Yeah, with the English lads. Yeah. You know, there was there's Stubbins. Phil's yeah. over in Adelaide and yourself. You're on your crutches. Yeah. Smith, Smithy, there was some, man, there was a good crew. But there were some times, and um, you hear about bits and pieces, and with football, you know, like back then, you'd go out and you'd, you know, you'd finish a game, you'd go into the players' lounge, and the first thing you'd do is grab a pint. You do. <laughs> and that's what you do. But these days, as you know, it's all H2O, and all the rest, a lot of the players don't drink. So, yeah. you know, there's some fun times. You know, I suppose the Aussie boy was always there, Dancing away and having Dougie, fun. when you were—I've never asked you this. We've had so many discussions about it, but when you were over there, uh, you know, doing your thing in Sheffield and Oldham, and did you feel like you were carrying your, your history from Australia with you, and that uh, that that gave you um, more motivation because of the journey you'd had in the NSL and the the type of the type of um, development you'd had in Australia? Um, did it make you a? Um, it obviously made you a personality, but did it help drive your motivation? The Australianness in you? It's funny, you know, because the English always say the Aussies don't give up. That's what we're known for over there, the Australians. That's how, that's what we are about. But for me personally, the word no is not in my vocab. If you tell me I can't do it, I will find a way. And that's with that's been with life, businesses, work ethic, family man, dad. No is not a, not a word, especially without getting the violins out, what I've been through to mm. get to where I wanted to go and to lose my career the way I lost it. It was, it was heartbreaking. And mm. I'll be honest, I'll sit here and I'll say I've struggled with times, you know, and it's been tough. It's been a very hilly, hilly, hilly road. Um, the motivation, self-belief, even now, I've still got the grit and I've still got the grind and I'll still 
continue doing whatever I'm going to do the best I possibly can, whatever ever it is, especially in sport, work, life. Dougie, you just touched on your dad there. Can you know just for our listeners? I know he was heavily involved in the uh, Victorian football circles. Just give us a little bit of background and the relationship you had with your dad. You know, because I, I've got a dad who was a footballer and involved in the game. So, it's so always, I'm always interested. Oh, listen, this one's this was a touching story because I'll, I'll go in there because his dad was on the FFV, VSF. He was chairman. <clears throat> excuse me, Metropolitan League. It's funny because I got some stuff off mum about six weeks ago, a heap of uh, photo clippings. I read through how much my father had actually put into the game. And not just my dad, there was other people as well, but this was just a particular about my father. And it it touched me. There's There's a man called Paul Williams. Look out for Bailey Williams. He's over playing AFL over on the West. And he said to me, he's going over to see his son get his shirt basically presented. And it tricked my mind. It was just before my 50th birthday. I never got to ask Dad those questions. What was it like? Now, I know I played my first game against Birmingham, and I've never forgot this story because I'm there, and I found out afterwards Dad had actually rang Howard Kendall and said, any chance I can get on the team bus? And they turned around and they said, no, insurance purposes, not a hope. So anyway, we played Birmingham. I, had, I think I got 18 tickets for the crown for the family, all down. Gary Ablett was playing, next everton thing. He got man of the match, turned around. My man of the match was Dougie Otson. I've had a blinder. Game's finished, turn around. Howard meets my dad and he says, John, how are you getting back? He said, family says, come on the bus. So here is my old man walking out with his son on the team bus, eating spaghetti lasagna and drinking a beer all the way back to Sheffield United. So what a story. That was brilliant for the, being involved with my father. Mm. Dougie, that's a beautiful way to finish the show, mate. Um, it's been a very special experience. And um, as uh, our old man Nigel fades up the... Um, haunting sounds of the cop calling your name uh, mate we we hope you'll come back and join us again another day thanks boys for having me bless you yeah uh, brilliant okay all right boys join us next week when we talk about the elimination finals in the a-league and the latest in europe and everything else going on in the world game on box to box as we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game